You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode 291 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. In this episode we are going to discuss the psychedelic renaissance. Most of the audio is lifted from a video I did called the psychedelic industrialization. Search Natural Born Alchemist channel on YouTube and you can watch it for yourself. Also, please subscribe if you get the chance, which you will. Now, if you've already seen this video, this episode still won't be repetition only. There are a few things that makes this episode different than the video. So, in either case, I hope you enjoy it. Let's begin. The psychedelic renaissance. Have you ever heard that term before? It's thrown around a lot. And people claim that we are in this period right now. I want to talk about it because I disagree. We are not in the psychedelic renaissance. But before I go into that, I need to give you a short history lesson. Let's go back in time about 5,000 years to a period called ancient history. This period lasted up until the year 400, around the time of the fall of the Roman Empire. It was at this time a new age began called the Middle Ages and it lasted for almost a thousand years ending in 1499. It was during this period that alchemy and hermeticism had its heyday although those practices began much earlier. Anyway, one of the major aspects of the Middle Ages was that people did not read or write and they had to rely on the church and the clergy to inform them how to get their ticket into heaven. In short, people had to trust an authority for the truth. They could not find out for themselves as they could not read or even if they could, how could they even afford to buy books? In those days, books was an item of luxury. The period known as the Reformation would change this and eventually lead mankind into the Renaissance, which was a period in European history marking the transition from the Middle Ages to modernity and covering the 15th and 16th centuries. The Renaissance that followed the Middle Ages was actually a revival of an older time, classical antiquity or ancient history. This is a common occurrence that history repeats itself. That we humans long for a greater period that already existed and we try and recreate it. The Renaissance was the artistic and intellectual rebirth of Europe. Before the Renaissance we weren't very smart. Not that we are smart now. But back then we did nothing but what we were told. As I said before Most people couldn't read, so they had to trust authority. During and after the Renaissance, people had a feeling that life is valuable and rich, that life is not all about getting into heaven, that it's important to think for yourself. The Renaissance created both the Enlightenment and the Scientific Revolution about 300 years ago, or in other terms, during the 17th and 18th century. 
The Enlightenment was a period which saw the growth of intellectual reason, individualism and a challenge to existing religious and political structures. The scientific revolution was an element of the Enlightenment period. The scientific revolution focused on the development of modern science based on the scientific method of deductive reasoning. And all this eventually led to the Industrial Revolution. And Bob's your uncle, here we are. Now, let's look at psychedelics and map it onto these ages. Ancient history, Middle Ages, Renaissance, Enlightenment, Scientific Revolution and Industrial Revolution. The periods of history I've spoken about stretches over thousands of years But as they say in alchemy, as above, so below. The microcosm and the macrocosm are mirrors of each other. We are going to place 20th century psychedelic history on top of these periods of history and condense it. I'm not including the psychedelic use of indigenous people as the perspective here is the so-called civilized part of the world. Whatever civil means. Indigenous people have had a relationship with psychedelic plants since the dawn of time, as far as I can tell, and that is another story altogether. This one I'm telling now is about modern man's relationship with psychedelics. And we begin when psychedelics was rediscovered in the early half of the 20th century. During this time, psychedelics were legal and many of the psychedelic legends we still speak about today had their first earth-shattering trips. Like for instance when Albert Hoffman had his famous first LSD trip on the 19th of April 1943. Or when the hallucinogenic properties of DMT were uncovered in 1956 by Hungarian chemist and psychiatrist Steven Sara. Or when R. Gordon Wasson and his wife Valentina studied the ritual use of psychoactive mushrooms in Mexico, which made its use enter common knowledge. I would call this period our psychedelic ancient history. The Eleusinian mysteries were initiations held every year for the cult of Demeter and Persephone based at the Panhellenic sanctuary of Eleusis in ancient Greece. Numerous scholars have proposed that the power of the Eleusinian mysteries came from the Kaikion and its function as an entheogen or psychedelic agent. People traveled far and wide to take part in the rituals at Eleusis. In modern times we had the summer of love and the hippie revolution. And this period is also a part of our ancient history of psychedelics. What followed ancient history was the Middle Ages, or as it used to be called, the Dark Ages. Similar to the period of history called the Middle Ages where people had to trust authority for the truth, In the 20th century, people had to bow to the law when the war on drugs took off and made all psychedelics illegal, which also stopped any further research into these substances. This period was our psychedelic dark ages, or if you will, our psychedelic middle ages. Then came the light in the early 90s with studies into DMT by Rick Strassman, for example, This and other ventures, together with the poetry of the bard Terence McKenna through the 80s and 90s and other psychedelic preachers and authors and adventurers, 
This all led to a revival, a newfound respect for psychedelics. And this culminated at the turn of the century into what is now referred to as the psychedelic renaissance. Similarly to the periods of history, the renaissance occurred right after the Middle Ages. But then what? Well now we have multiple research centers that focus on psychedelics and multiple studies being done and these have all grown exponentially. As in history, the scientific revolution followed the renaissance. So has it also when it concerns psychedelics. So still to this day people say we are in the psychedelic renaissance but that has already passed. So are we in the psychedelic scientific revolution no that's also past because we are not in the psychedelic scientific revolution we are not we have entered a new era and what came after the scientific revolution if you look at history well it was the industrial revolution that means we are right now in 2021 in the middle of the psychedelic industrialization As psychedelics are becoming more and more legal, a market has emerged. Money can be made. Psychedelics have become a product. Don't believe me? Walking to a local dispensary, buying a bag of shrooms, and then going home and tripping out. And I just thought, I don't see this being a big market. But the truth is, finding alternatives to traditional pharmaceuticals is a massive opportunity. Just look at the market for antidepressants. It's actually approaching $14 billion. Dollars. 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 Show me the money. Now, the reason for this video is to just share with you my excitement, my joy for watching what is really happening. Our world is waking up. We opened up our application process to the first public and legal ayahuasca church in America. Our North American culture is ready for this medicine. Up until this point, people from all over the world had to go to Peru or South America in order to experience this medicine for themselves. And I wanted to share with you why I'm doing this. Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. We found companies that have emerged. One of them is MindMed. Now, for full disclosure and transparency, I'm an investor in MindMed. It's the one I've chosen for a bunch of reasons we're going to find out today. But I thought the best thing to do on the eve of some research that actually came out, I would get the CEO on, J.R. Rand, and we could talk to him a little bit about what this company is going to be doing over the next few years and what the initiative of this whole industry is, 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 the initiative of this whole industry is going to be. It's the power of Christ that compels you. Power of Christ compels you. Dollars. The power of Christ compels you. Dollars. The power of Christ compels you. Recently, there's a company called Compass Pathways. And if you know billionaire investor Peter Thiel, he comes from the PayPal mafia with Elon Musk. He invested in this UK company that's doing experimentation using magic mushrooms to treat a severe cases of depression. They have been so successful in their trials that the FDA has recently granted breakthrough therapy status. That is incredible. The Food and Drug Administration has given magic mushrooms 
breakthrough therapy status. That apparently is something that has not happened in over 30 years. So this is really happening. This is actually effective, and there are companies looking to capitalize on this. I want to whack it. You've heard of those classic sale events where they have used cars that nobody wants? Well, now it's time to whack it. If you missed out on the cannabis rush, don't even worry about it because I've got three psilocybin magic mushroom stocks that you are going to want to know about before this next gold rush takes off. Here we go. So my number one is MindMed, my number two is Champignon, and my number three is Revive Therapeutics. But if you want diversification and you want exposure to all three of them, it makes sense to buy all three of them. Otherwise, hold off, save your money, wait for a little bit of a dip and buy in when the stocks go lower. My, I, my notion of what the psychedelic experience is for is that we each must become like fishermen and go out onto the dark ocean of mind and let your nets down into that sea. And what you're after is not some behemoth that will tear through your nets, foul them, and drag you and your little boat, you know, into the abyss. Nor are what we're looking for a bunch of sardines that can slip through your net and disappear. Ideas like, have you ever noticed that your little finger exactly fits your nostril? <laughs> and stuff like that. What we are looking for are middle-sized ideas that are not so small that they're trivial and not so large that they're incomprehensible, but middle-sized ideas that we can wrestle into our boat and take back to the folks on shore and have fish dinner. And every one of us, when we go into the psychedelic state, this is what we should be looking for. It's not for your elucidation. It's not part of your self-directed psychotherapy. You are an explorer, and you represent our species. And the greatest good you can do is to bring back a new idea, because our world is endangered by the absence of good ideas. Our world is in crisis because of the absence of consciousness and so to whatever degree any one of us can bring back a small piece of the picture and contribute it to the building of the new paradigm then we participate in the redemption of the human spirit and that after all is what it's really all about I still hear people utter the phrase psychedelic renaissance but that period is over the psychedelic scientific revolution, it's over. We are in the psychedelic industrialization and we have to be very careful. Perhaps it's already too late. In a sense, the train has left the station. And this is not good. It's not good at all. Psychedelics, in my opinion, is a sacrament. It should be a gift. It should not be a product to be marketed and sold. It was a big mistake to make it legal or to try and make it legal. I'm totally behind the concept that psychedelics should be legal to use, possess, and grow, or synthesize. That should all be legal, or to do research. That should all be legal. 
but it should not be legal to sell or profit from psychedelics. The only people that should be allowed to charge money for psychedelics are indigenous peoples. But here in the western world we should not have made it into a fucking market. To me that is blasphemy of the highest order. Table of Divine Mystery. Join us at patreon.com forward slash naturalbornalchemist. Support the podcast and you will receive all the glory of the universe, as well as my eternal thanks. You can find a link at the website. Freedom is in the mind. I want to close with a song called Inner and Outer Space are exactly the same. I don't know who the artist is, but the lyrics are by Terence McKenna. I found this track on YouTube uh, on a channel called A Celebration of Life. Till next time, freedom is in the mind. Fly to distant galaxies without any rocket ship. Ride the racing neural pathways of the brain. Slither with the snakes in the swamps of the primeval jungle, yeah. We can jump through the geometries of the future light sound. Because inner and outer space are exactly the same, yeah. And you start hearing voices speaking inside of your brain, yeah. And you might start to feel just a bit like you're growing in. Let's go.
Ha, ha, ha. 